0: Hey, oomphies! Welcome to OomphCast, the podcast where I, quasi Matt, talk to my oomphs. And today we're here with Dakota. What's going on?
1: Hey, how you doing? Doing
0: okay. So your your Twitter handle is Dakota Maker. Is that because Maker is your last name, or is it just because you make things? I actually don't know.
1: <laughs> no, that's just my last name, and honestly, like that's my social media handle for everything. Because I think, like, I looked it up one time. I'm pretty sure I'm the only person like with that name. So I was like, all right, well, I can be really unoriginal. Uh, and it's really easy to remember. So
0: Yeah, that works out. I mean, like, I always see people identifying as a maker online, you know? Like, they'll be like, oh, like, I, I like create things, I make things. So I thought maybe it was that, but nope, it's just like your actual. Oh, God,
1: memory. no, no. I would You're honestly like, I would feel never super do that just if <laughs> I called myself that. <laughs>
0: But you do, in fact, actually make things. Um, so uh,
1: yeah, from time to time.
0: For those who don't know, Dakota—I mean, anyone who knows what this bot is—is going to know that you made it, I guess. But Dakota made—I <laughs> have this Twitter account that tweets every single song that I stream on Spotify, and that's because like Dakota literally made the entire thing.
1: Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was—it uh, was definitely one of those like, where it was like—it was a fun project. Uh, I definitely—it's one of those like. With, like, the toxic engineering community, though, definitely would get, like, shit on by, like, quote-unquote, like, serious software engineers and shit Wait, like really, that. Wait, really? Why? But, oh, dude. The software engineering... Like, more than just software, but, like, the whole engineering community is, like, super toxic at times and, like, really elitist. And, like, if you're not doing, like, super sophisticated, like, complex things... uh, Like, a lot of people that are, like take it like way too seriously will just like shit on other engineers that do things that they deem like not important because like the the bot was like it's not contributing anything other than just like it was a great bit like it's it's honestly like like, the funniest thing i've ever done uh with like software and yeah now like the engineering community is just like straight up toxic a lot of times so uh and especially in like software engineering where you have a bunch of people that like I don't know they're just like socially awkward and they're like "Ah, I have to like prove that I'm super cool and I'm super smart and it's like "Ah, I don't like that shit at all
0: yeah wait so is it because (laughs) of the how easy or how difficult the project is or just because of the actual result like the fact that the result is just a twitter account like you know is it about the product or is it about the difficulty of the actual process because I would imagine that the process is actually kind of difficult right like it uses two different apis and like I don't know. That sounds difficult yeah. to me. I don't know if it's in the context <laughs> of, like, things that you know how to do, but...
1: Uh, I mean, like, honestly, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of both. Like, A, the project in total, like, I'm pretty sure the lines of code that I have, uh, it's not even, like, 200 lines of code total. And, like, it's relatively spaced out and it's, like, chunked apart. So it's, like, more lines of code than what it technically even needs to be. So, A, it's, like, a really small project mm-hmm. that I worked on, like... And I ended up developing in what, like, a weekend. And then also just the fact that, yeah, like, it's not, like, this, like, mind-blowing thing or, like, something that could, like, make money or anything like that. So, like, and that's that's kind of, like, another thing is obviously, like, some capitalist bullshit where, you know, if it's not, like, making me money, then it's, like, deemed not important by a lot of people. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we had talked about one time, like... This artist, a lot of artists interact with that account because like it just tweets their name, and a lot of them will name search or something. And so like artists would hit me up and be like, "Hey, like how did you do this? I want to do this." And I think I forwarded. I, I, yeah. I definitely told people to hit you up. I don't know if they ever actually did. Did you ever get messages from people?
1: Yeah, there was actually one uh, girl out in like uh, I'm pretty sure she was based out of the UK. Uh, she hit me up like uh, last semester or. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I, it was like sometime like early on in, uh, grad school for me. And, uh, she like hit me up and she was like, Hey, like, this was like a super cool project. And I was wondering if you could like make this website for me at some point. And like, we kind of talked, um, but then like when I hit her up next, uh, I just I, I, like i haven't heard back but yeah no i like i've gotten that one reach out but i mean that was still like super cool because she was like yeah this like twitter account's like so funny and like i like love the idea of it like at first like it made me laugh but at the same time it was like shit this is like actually really cool if he ever listens to like smaller artists like it just like gets our names out there, like, a little bit more. And I was like, fuck, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I feel like there's potential. I mean, like, when it's what I'm listening to, yeah, like, no one fucking cares. But I can just imagine that if you did this for someone (laughs) who is, like, an artist and who is considered, like, a curator, like, I'm just imagining what if there was a Twitter account that tweeted everything that Charlie XCX listened to. Like, it would have thousands of followers. It would put artists on, like, it honestly probably would be really embarrassing for her in, like, a funny way. Like, I don't know. I just feel like (laughs) there is a lot of potential there just because, like, it's not... Like, there are obviously sites that will show you what other people are listening to. Like, I guess Spotify has an open feed of that and, like, Last.fm tracks what people listen to. But having it just, like, automatically inserted onto your Twitter timeline, which is something that you actually look at frequently, is just, like, exactly so like, iconic.
1: I've never once looked at my, like, friends list on Spotify and been like, what exactly. are my friends listening to? Like, who the fuck does that?
0: yeah. Yeah, but I sometimes Charlie. See it and click into it. Especially if they're listening to country music, I just get curious. Like Ooh, a lot of people yuck. from my hometown will be just like listening to Brad Paley and I'm like, wait a minute, like what is this song? Uh,
1: oh hell yeah, Oatana oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Charlie XEX, uh even Slater. I know Slater is part of the music and networking uh Twitter group chat. Hit me up.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh my god, we should try to get Slater to make the <laughs> Make the listening account. That would actually be really, oh my really god. funny. Like it, literally, if any, if any artist that actually could get followers to like follow everything they listen to did it, like I, that would be so iconic. Um,
1: oh my god, that would actually be so fun. I would like actually probably invest a little bit of time because it still like crashes periodically, and I'd probably be like, all right, I should probably like clean this shit up a little bit. Yeah,
0: but it's also, like, not really worth it. But, you know, whatever. Uh, let's try to talk a little bit for, for context about, like, how we're oomphs, which I do you know. Yeah.
1: Um. Honestly, like, I was thinking about this, listening to, like, the other episodes of this podcast. I'm pretty sure it honestly just started with, like, so I follow, like, Bera and Elena and, like, friend, Francisco and Jack. Um. Like, Jack and Fran both were, like, Uh, you know, friends of mine from Rochester, like, hometown shit, and then, uh, like, they went to college with Bera and Elena and all them, and then uh, they just, like, retweeted a bunch of your stuff, and, like, I kept seeing like, these really funny shit posts from you, (laughs) and I was just like, I mean, like, I definitely like, like, I'll tweet some, like, serious shit sometimes or whatever, but for the most part, like, most of the accounts that I follow are just, like, trying to be funny, and so I was just like, yeah, this is, like, really up my alley on this. So, uh, yeah, no, after that, like, after a while, I was just, like, I may as well just follow him because I see almost, like, all of his tweets anyways. And then from there, I just, I don't know, we just, like, interacted. And then I built the bot, and I feel like that was uh, that was really the, the, the ending bond that we needed.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's <laughs> what I thought, too. I knew that it had something to do with, like, that group of people, but I wasn't really sure how like how yeah. it is that you knew them so i guess like going to high school in in rochester wait no one no one that listens to this is gonna know what this means but which high school did you go to
1: i went to jm so oh, i went to high school like one. with jack okay. yeah oh yeah exactly and then like fran went to like mayo and yeah um
0: but so, yeah so you're currently in grad school right wait where did yeah. you where did you go to undergrad you did like computer so training,
1: right? i well so for undergrad i went for computer engineering which is like slightly different oh it's, yeah it, I mean, it's, it's harder better of... more bougie <laughs> literally like oh my god the elitism in the computer engineering students compared. like they would like look down on comp sci students because like so computer engineering is just like a mix of like knowing the hardware and the software so it's a mix of computer science and electrical engineering essentially um and then like so we had to go through things like calc like all the way through like calc four, and do like a bunch of these like circuit classes and shit like that. And like software architecture and like computer architecture um, on top of all the coding classes. And the people in that program, because like there were so few of us, would look down on CS students and I was like, you guys are all like straight up assholes. Like all of us are literally doing the same shit. And we're all just as confused, just because we do a little bit of extra math, like on the side doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but yeah. So like, I went to University of Wisconsin Milwaukee for undergrad. Um, oh yeah, like okay. I'm still I feel like I knew that. yeah, yeah. Perpetually, literally, like always, an hour away from you, uh, and had no idea of it. Uh, oh yeah, or like um, Rochester,
0: Otana, and then Milwaukee, Madison.
1: Exactly. But then now, but you, then, now uh, you're in Atlanta. That's not like no. Was, what? So well, the thing is, is like I'm I'm still in Milwaukee. Like I live in Milwaukee. Oh, um,
0: your school is just in it, but.
1: Yeah, so like I'm doing Georgia Tech. They have like this fully online um program. So like even before COVID started, like I was doing shit online. Um and they were like one of the first like really big schools uh with like a you know, prominent and like prestigious uh comp sci program mm-hmm. that uh it was I don't even know like the full history, so this might like partially be wrong but from what i remember reading it was like seven to like 10 years ago they like started this as a way for like full-time employees that wanted to go back and get their master's degree like an opportunity to do something online and like for cheap um so like the entire program is like it's only 10 classes but you're only allowed to take like one or two classes a semester um and it ends up costing like around eight thousand dollars but like the idea of it is like you're supposed to be working like at least part-time like in the field while right, you're right. taking this and like i don't know it's it's like it's really cool and it's super rewarding like it's one of the top like five cop programs in the entire nation which is sick but it's also like i just went to like uwm like in milwaukee and i'm going to classes with like kids i went to like mit and like harvard and stanford and shit like that and it's just like damn
0: y'all are actually really smart That's huh <laughs> um what is your so like i'm assuming you have either a part-time or a full-time like day job which is in
1: computer yeah science? yeah so like yeah so i'm currently like working uh full-time uh just at the same place that i interned at in college um we started off as jda and now we're blue yonder and Whatever it's it's just a supply chain software company, um, and it's like based out of Waukesha, which is like fifteen to twenty minutes outside of Milwaukee.
0: Okay, um, so that's full so, time, like I, and then you do like evening classes,
1: yeah. Essentially, which like it's all like asynchronous, anyways. So it's like oh, relatively to easy to like yeah, work okay. that in. No, God, no, no, it's all just like <laughs> recorded lectures. So,
0: <laughs> and what is it that you are mainly? focused on like i don't know is the supply chain does that use some sort of thing that you're like into or what is it that you specialize
1: in if you do um so i mean like even when i was an intern there like the way that they do their internships it's not like you know i was just given some like stupid side project and just like told to just like go work on that or anything mm-hmm. um so it's been like it's one of those where they like try to curate you to like be full-time at some point And so, like, the entire time that I've been there, I've been, like, what is, like, called, like, a full-stack engineer. So, like, I've worked on everything from, like, servers to, like, server-side, like, API, like, developing APIs or, like, working with, like, database management or, like, building out websites or, like, web applications for customers and stuff like that. Um, Like, I've worked on just, like, internal projects. Like, I was the, quote-unquote, like, team lead and like, an internal, like, dashboard project for, like, a year of just, like, me and then, like, two other interns, um, like, developing kind of, like, on the side, like, this dashboard for teams to be able to, um, like, figure out like okay like how well are we doing with like code coverage like on our test cases or like how well are we like story pointing shit and it's just like a whole bunch of like mm. it's essentially just like manager porn but whatever like, yeah literally really the because, analytics
0: like... <laughs> dashboard that like everyone is like oh Yo. now whatever it is that i'm trying to justify i can like just pick the right numbers on this screen to like fit my narrative and then i'm good to go
1: literally <laughs> which like i mean it's You know, it was one of those where it was like, okay, I definitely get that this is like specifically for like my boss's boss and like all of his like, you know, yeah, as is everything they'll ever do. Like literally. (laughs) (laughs) But uh I mean like it was super cool to like get that experience. Not only A, like leading a team, but also like we developed literally everything from the ground up. So like we like made the servers that were running and like we had this like background process that would like update the data like every hour um and like we managed the databases that like drove the dashboard we made the website and we like set all of that up so like that kind of stuff was like really cool and i've done other things like outside of that like for the actual company like for like customers and it's all like it all kind of just trickles into like these different like areas of you know doing different shit with software um to just like build out certain solutions so it's it's kind of all over the place um like currently i'm working more like f- what is called like front end which is just like website shit but like i'm capable of you know and i have done like other work like all through the like stack of development so
0: yeah that makes sense do
1: you do you enjoy... really long-winded
0: <laughs> yeah no that makes sense though okay. <laughs> do you enjoy being like kind of a generalist or do you anticipate at a certain point that you will want to like get more into one thing or am I representing this right because it sound what you just said sounds to me like currently you're kind of a generalist I guess like full stack is yeah. inherently generalist in some way
1: yeah yeah And like I, I like I'm cool with being just like a full stack engineer because I think it's really nice to not have to just like focus on just like one thing, like, I don't go into work literally every day and be like, oh, well, I've got to like work on this website or like just do, you know, just this like front end development stuff. Like I can pick up tasks that are of like different focuses. And I think that that's really cool. And it helps keep, um, me from honestly, just like getting bored with one thing. Right. And it's one of those where like, I think it's also good because especially with software like everything moves so fast and there's always like these new frameworks coming out for like all different parts of the development stack and like there's new technologies and new like tips and tricks essentially that like people come up with
0: mm-hmm.
1: so like it helps me to kind of like keep on top of that even though it's it's a bit overwhelming at times and like you don't always want to just like default to using like the newest shiniest thing but it i don't know like i think it i think it's kind of nice and allows me to like have a little bit of freedom um at some point i think like i'll i'll probably just like get more into like the architecture um, is kind of my goal and then after i've worked in the field for a while i want to pursue like just becoming like a professor or like a lecturer at the very least so that's like part of why i'm going to grad school but oh gotcha um, with all of that and like with that general knowledge i feel like that also just like helps fuel those like future goals, because if I was just focused on like one thing, like I could still be like an architect, but I wouldn't be like quite as flexible or like as useful to as many companies. So like, that's kind of my goal is to essentially just like have true job security of being like, I can just work like anywhere and at any position.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So I'm wondering about like the way that, because this is something that I, I commonly hear about is that software engineers and like people who work in computer science are kind of expected to stay on top of all of these new things that are continuously emerging. And that often means that they have to put time into like educating themselves about what's new. That's not necessarily taking place at their job. Do you feel like a pressure or a responsibility to do things outside of work in order to like stay competitive as.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean like a little bit for sure. Like, I feel like it's really hard to not feel a little bit of that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know some people that I work with are, like, super good with managing that. Um, but, like, they're usually, like, older guys that have been around for longer. And it just, like, it comes more naturally to them. So I feel like part of that is, like, a immaturity thing. And, like, a lot of people, like, in our age range that get into the field probably feel that a little bit more. Um, but I'm trying to, like, I'm certainly trying to manage it. But... It can definitely be like really hard because yeah like there is so much going on that it's like okay what do i like have to focus on but the nice thing is is like the job that i'm currently at they also just like encourage using some of your time for work like if you're like waiting on like code reviews or like you're like caught up on all your stuff and like you're just waiting on like feedback or like you know some like other meetings to like happen to just like take that time and just like do your research while you're at work so that way you don't have to like you know try to do things like in your quote unquote free time which like Mm -hmm. don't make it free so like that's been a huge blessing honestly because like i have done a i would say like a fair amount of my research um like on that stuff during my work hours um but there are definitely times where like it's really hard to like separate that so like I said, I don't know. It's just, like, one of those. I think people will, um, like, with maturity in the field, be able to, like, surpass that or, like, get past that, like, pressure. But it's, uh, it's definitely another thing that, like, uh, plays into the toxicity, like, of the entire mm-hmm. uh, field itself, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and actually that, so the reason I was curious about that is I just pulled up this tweet. I'm just going to read it um, because it, it really, like, had me thinking. So this is, I follow someone. Um, Her name or her at is Venus underscore Blonded. And she said, the comp site industry would be significantly better if software devs viewed their work as labor with value rather than a magical or extraordinary talent that can be used to impress people, aka free labor, "at at hackathons or doing open source work. And this is like something that I've seen. I don't, okay, I don't know why, but like I have for some reason encountered, I guess just like I spend enough time looking at random job listings online that I've seen like, jobs require that you, like, actively participate in open-source work. Like, your GitHub has to be popping for them to consider you, which seems really, like, kind of awful to me.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, like, oh, my God. I – again, this is some more nerd shit, but, like, the entire hiring process and, like, the interview process and all of that shit for software engineers, especially, especially, like, make you use a
0: whiteboard and shit and, like, do –
1: Some do, and some, like – Will try to like, they'll like essentially give you a a project to work on, which usually is like something that either a they're trying to implement or b is like in their backlog of things mm, that they essentially want ideas you to from you. like. Yeah, it, li- and exactly. And then they'll reject and, like,
0: you and run with the ideas. Yeah, this is a common thing exactly. consulting too.
1: Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like also there like there's a huge disconnect between like. Uh, For at least a lot of companies like the people that make job listings and stuff like that and also like what you're actually going to do because like hr has kind of like the general buzzwords of things that but they don't like actually understand what software engineers are doing like for that company like Mm -hmm. when i was applying for jobs like towards the end of my undergrad there were like a handful of job listings where obviously like we've all seen those where it's like oh entry-level position but you have to have like five to ten years of experience. It's like that's on entry level obviously yeah. but then there are also a lot of times especially with like whatever like front-end frameworks like things that people use to like help code out their websites a lot better like things called, like react or like um like view and like all of these like JavaScript frameworks that have mm-hmm. only been around for like a handful of years. Like I saw one where the framework itself was only developed and released to the public like four or five years prior. And the like application was, or the listing was like, yeah, you need at least like 10 years of experience with this. It's like, y- you have no clue. Like what they're yeah, even talking like, so, Yeah, clearly don't know what's it's, going
0: on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a really like, uh, there are a lot of issues with that, like not only with the job listings, but also kind of like what that tweet was talking about, where it's like, if you're not essentially doing your job 24 seven, but also just like for your own stuff, then people will look down at you and be like oh you don't care about your craft it's like you don't expect like a surgeon or a doctor to go home and be like i'm gonna practice practice surgery like on this med yeah like i don't know like i i certainly enjoy doing like my own side projects and there are a handful of ones that like once i'm done with grad school like i want to genuinely like get into more like mobile development or like even dabble with some like game development and stuff like that we're like yeah that's coding but it's like Things that I want to do that I genuinely want to sink a ton of time into. Whereas like a lot of companies just look at your GitHub page, they'll look at your profile and like with that little like heat map essentially yeah, I've where seen it that. has like
0: the, like how many contributions yeah, like, you make per day or whatever.
1: Exactly. Like they'll look at that and then they'll rule you rule you out if you haven't like contributed like X amount like per day or something like that. And That's it's just so like crazy man, I want to have, like, my own life, too. Like, I don't know.
0: Especially because that doesn't necessarily correlate with how well you're going to perform on the job. Because I also find the idea of, like, requesting a certain number of years of experience really strange because, like, what does that even actually mean? Like, you could do something for three years, like, once every month, or it could be your entire job for, you know, three months, and the person that did it all day for three months is going to know it a lot better. But, yeah, I think, like, when, when you're asking for all of these, harder skills or like things that i don't know i guess like in it seems like you would be able to prove how good you were at these things but then i don't i don't know like exactly what the solution is because if you ask people to prove it then it can get into the territory of just like being really really demanding about like Mm -hmm. what it is that you have to demonstrate but then if you don't then like i don't know it's just like it's so different um like that the field is so heavily based on hard skills because like especially when it's like oh people know like fucking 20 languages 20 programming languages and it's like how the hell are you supposed to actually convince someone that you can use all of them like do you have a port is it common to have a portfolio that you just display instead of like honestly doing some sort of
1: test honestly like it it really just comes down to like and it's kind of shitty like you can have a portfolio and some people do but i feel like that's a bit like at this point, a little outdated from what I've seen at least. Like honestly, for the most part, it's like what side projects do you have on your GitHub? Or like what mm-hmm. websites have you made? And like that's what like hiring managers want to see.
0: Yeah, that's um, what I meant by portfolio. I don't mean like literally. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know. It's it's one of those, like it's it is tough. And like I also don't know the solution, but I like the the only thing that I've thought about with this that like might be a solution is literally just like what if you could like essentially just like shadow somebody for a day and like your interview was okay like when they asked you a question like as they were doing something that they would normally be doing for like the job that you're literally applying for like did they ask questions did they like um were they inquisitive like were they able to communicate their confusions or like their understanding of a certain topic yeah well also demonstrating
0: like a certain level of knowledge obviously about like the things that they need exactly to know. yeah because the only way yeah. to note to like truly predict like everything everything about interviews are just it's like a proxy for trying to understand whether or not you'll be good at the job but if you yeah just actually yeah. kind of like throw someone into the job and see if they can communicate effectively about like what the job is and what they need to do then that's going to be like much better i agree with you there I wonder, yeah. yeah, I kind of wonder why that's not common pra- practice. I guess maybe because it's just like really annoying to like have someone, <laughs> you know, have someone have like a new person shadowing them every single day for like a week so that you can pick someone. I don't know though, because then you can pick someone who you also get along with like on a personal level. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: And like that's a huge thing. Like I've worked with some like truly brilliant people like on different teams of mine but some of those people were just straight up assholes and like they wouldn't take anything that like anyone that they saw as below them seriously like they would just go and do their own thing and then when it would like blow up they'd be like ah oh, well shit like i have to do this and it's like yeah man <laughs> somebody literally said yeah like, like we were you like yeah. ages ago <laughs> yeah which like i don't know it's just i think it's one of those things where like it's it's certainly a, a bit above my pay grade, but like in an ideal world, like if I ran a company, like that's You'd probably how something. I would conduct it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think another thing is like, that's a very time consuming interview. Like if someone currently has a job, it's going to be difficult because they have to get out of what they're doing. I mean, like that's pretty obvious, but um, yeah. also I guess just like talking, thinking about how, how time consuming interviews can be and like the thing where they will solicit new ideas from you. There's like an emerging trend where, like, if someone asks you to do a project for an interview, like, people will be like, oh, yeah, I can do this. My, like, my freelance or my consulting rate or whatever is this. So, like, this oh, seems like it's a good idea. to do. Like, people actually do that and, like, get away with it. Yeah. Like, I've heard it. Um, sometimes people will send an invoice and then like they won't actually get paid, but I think even just the idea of sending an invoice for for like interview like an interview is labor like you are literally working in the interview. Yeah. So I kind of fuck with that. But... Shit,
1: I should have done that, like I should have done that when I was applying and like going through the interview process at the company that shall not be named from Madison.
0: Yes, you absolutely should have. They would not have <laughs> responded well to that, but it
1: would have been. Really I mean, whatever. Funny. They didn't give me the job anyways, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would have been like pretty iconic. But yeah, they're very traditional. Like they would have just been like, no, like we need you to lick our boot. Like yeah, yeah. But speaking, you were talking about like side projects and like you had things that you were excited about. So let's talk a little bit about more about that. Like either things that you've done that you think are interesting, or maybe some ideas that you have for things you want to do in the future
1: yeah um i mean like so the the most recent one um it was i mean like it was for a class last summer um but this class that i took um so it was called edtech foundations but it's essentially just like an open-ended actually yeah (laughs) it's so cool like i honestly had like a little bit of interest in it but this class like really opened me up to like i think that's honestly like at some point in my future career like i want to do something for a company that like focuses on ed tech rather than like supply chain but mm-hmm. whatever anyways <laughs> like the entire class was essentially just like this open capstone idea where it was like we're gonna give you like you know a couple of weeks um to like research and you like we had to turn in like whatever we were doing for research of like you know figuring out what topic that you would want to like do a project on for edtech and then the rest of the summer was literally just like okay go work go on something it. like develop yeah. something and if you can like develop it fully great but if you can't get what you can done and then write about like exactly what you were envisioning and stuff like that and it was like it was a super liberating class and it was super cool um and i ended up uh, making this website i honestly don't even know if it's up anymore because i haven't even like. I don't even know if the domain name is still wrong but (laughs)
0: it like expired
1: (laughs) i i because i'm like i literally just bought it for like a two-month trial and i don't remember if i renewed it but whatever um like i i want to go back to it at some point uh to like improve the logic on it but i essentially made this website that um like high school students like juniors and seniors that are considering going to college can find like a good match for like what they're looking for in a college so like they would enter in you know like some personal information like what is your demographic and like what is your family's average income and like what was your gpa and like sat and act scores and then like break that down by category but then also take into consideration things like what is your ideal like class size and what is your ideal like distance from home and stuff like that and like um what like if you're interested, do you want like a certain division of like sports to be at that school and stuff like that? and they would take into consideration um, like all of those choices that a you know user would input and then it would output like the top like 10 or like so matches based on, like those criteria and like the formula that I used was like super arbitrary, but like it kind of got the general idea. So like that's what I would like to go back and work on at some point and like maybe publish that out and like consistently keep that up um as a resource. Especially because like my girlfriend's like one of my girlfriend's brothers, uh he's a high school teacher, like in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And apparently like his like a couple of his students were able to use it. Um, I've got a handful of step siblings, and and one of them used it, and he actually decided that he was going to apply to University of Minnesota for it, uh, like because of it. And then my uh, youngest stepsister is going into her senior year, um, and she said that she would end up like wanting to use it at some point too. So like that was really cool. Um, and like I said, like it's I mean it's super arbitrary, but it got like the idea across. And, like, I want to go back to that at some point, point. and then I also, like I said, like, I want to go into, like, dip my toes into, like, some mobile development, and then also, like, some minor, like, game development, even though I honestly don't think I would ever want to, like, work as a game dev, because they wear those people out, like, <laughs> to the bones. <laughs> and it's, like, it's a super bad environment for the most part, especially for, like, high-end studios um but like the uh the mobile app that i want to make at least like for my own use and then see if i will want to publish it out for the app store is like this battery manager where you can just like go in and you can customize it and be like okay if my phone gets below like x percent like close out these apps and like you can customize it so like if my phone got below like 20 percent, i could close out like all my music apps to just like preserve battery or something like that mm-hmm. and like it's is one of those where it's like it's not super useful and i don't think that it would ever make me money by any means, but it's just like, it's something to essentially get my foot in the door with mobile development, just because like, that's an area that honestly, I've I barely ever touched on, but I feel like it would be kind of cool to literally just use on like my phone.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's, and tell me if this is wrong, but I feel like maybe it's more difficult or it seems more complicated to have an app that like, has the ability to close out other apps and mess with your phone settings rather than just like an app that you open up and then mess around within it. You know, it seems like there are extra interactions there with the rest of your phone.
1: Yeah, which like, I think like in that case, you'd literally have to like give it special permissions to always be like running and checking for a certain percentage, which would probably honestly not be great for my battery life. Ironically, (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's, a, it's definitely one of those where like, I don't know, I'll probably develop it at some point and just like mess with it and then probably get rid of it and then make sure that it never sees the light of day uh, ever again. But um, yeah, we'll yeah like
0: mostly just for <laughs> like practice and to get acquainted with it and all that. Would you do like um, exactly. iPhone? Like what is it? Swift is for iPhone. And then I don't know
1: what it is for Android, but uh, it, it's essentially just like Java equivalent. Um, yeah. Okay like you use like android studio and then you can just like code in what is considered like i'm pretty sure like there is literally a language called android but it's literally just the same as java i think that there's some like internal differences but mm, whatever okay.
0: but you would be doing that for for a your device do you have an android
1: uh no i have a iphone
0: oh, okay so if you were to make this you would make it for iphone yeah Oh, okay yeah cool good more people will be able to use it then if it ever <laughs> if it ever takes well, off if we need oh, to say the pretty the people life. yeah <laughs> i want to return to the edtech thing that you were talking about because i remember when you were building this out you solicited feedback from the group oh, chat yeah. and then I, I so i've actually like when you were talking about it i was like oh yeah i've like been on this website
1: <laughs> <laughs> i did forget about that honestly
0: yeah i think it's like it's Cool, because even like you said, even if the like the selection mechanism was arbitrary, like I and I don't know what you meant by that. Like, do you just mean in the sense that things were weighted in a certain way that was maybe not like yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like there was no like scientific like process to me determining essentially like the algorithm to determine matches or like the weighting system. Mm-hmm. But it was. I mean, it was literally just like. Uh, I don't know. This seems like, more. This seems right. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But even even honestly, like, given the arbitrary nature of it, just like being intentional about thinking about those types of things and then seeing like how they can influence like, the choices, like, I don't know, I guess, like, there's always going to be some, to some extent, there's always going to be some arbitrariness to, like, the, the backend, like, selection methodology. It makes me think of, like, Literally okay, obviously, this is not, like, completely true, like, this would be fucked up if it was completely true, but it reminds me of, like, a BuzzFeed quiz, where you just, like, put in, like, I mean, obviously, like, yours was a lot more sensical than this, but, like, you just put in, like, random shit, and then you have no clue what's happening in the back end and it's just, like... You're this Teletubby, like.
1: (laughs) Literally, exactly. Like, I had honestly had that thought during it. I was like, I'm making a glorified, like, BuzzFeed article, but, (laughs) like, whatever. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, like, a bit more complex than a BuzzFeed article. It's, like, at least one similarity, I guess.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, like I said, like, it's, it's fun and just, like, messing around with that kind of shit is, is neat, but it, it's one of those where, honestly, like, there are a lot of things, uh, like, with technology that, like, ever, it all, like, seems so magical, but, like, a lot of it's just, like, this arbitrary, like, bullshit that people are like, yeah, this seems to be, like, accurate enough, and people just kind of, like, accept that just because, like, a lot of people don't understand, the internal processes behind all of that.
0: Literally, like all like I worked in analytics and like all the methodology that we would use would be like, I mean, okay, not I don't want to make it sound like it was all just like totally (laughs) and completely arbitrary, but like so much of that that you can you can dress up as being scientific or rigorous is just like, okay, what is going to give us the answer that we think we want? And, like, how can we justify that? And also, like, the whole, the idea of things like this being a black box, you know, like, oh, yeah, we just accept it because we don't understand it is, like, such a pervasive technocratic, like, approach to everything. I mean, obviously, this makes me think of economics. Like, there are people who purport to know what's going on. You know, with, with all the math, like, oh, we we calculated it. But then if you look at how they actually did it, it's like, okay, this is literally just made up. Like, you just made a bunch of, like, completely wrong assumptions about everything. And then that's how you arrive at your
1: methodology. Congrats. Literally going back to the title of your book, it's not abstraction. Everyone is literally just it's lying.
0: literally <laughs> just lying. Yeah. Like, it's just a lie that we've decided to accept. That's so true. No.
1: <laughs> Prophetic map. <math. laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope that stands the test of time. I feel like it will because, I mean, it's, like, such a vague statement that it, like, will basically always apply. Oh, my God. Honestly.
1: (laughs) Your book title was, like, horoscopic in nature.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was, like, time the future. Let's let's talk a bit about... um, Tech at large. I mean, oh my! Like literally, the only thing we've talked about is tech. But like, so your experiences <laughs> with tech, and then like, I'm I'm always interested. In, I mean, I'm interested in kind of like labor markets in general. Um, but like the way yeah. that labor markets operate in tech. So we we covered that a little bit. But then you also put in the in the Google form that I asked you to fill out that you wanted to talk about like tech news. So what what in tech news is interesting to you right now? What should we discuss? What should we give our hot takes on?
1: I mean, obviously, there's like nfts and bitcoin or just like cryptocurrency in general which honestly i am not like an expert on either of them personally i think they're both kind of fads i feel like cryptocurrency is probably gonna last a little while longer than nfts and i could be totally wrong like literally watch someone sell an nft that ends up being worth like 10 trillion dollars because they took a picture of their like foot or something i don't fucking know yeah it doesn't seem
0: sustainable that that's gonna keep happening yeah
1: that's what i'm saying like i honestly don't like when i look at the uh amount of money that people are making off of like crypto like selling their like bitcoin or even like dogecoin like i literally saw somebody um that bought into dogecoin when it was like two cents and they made like seven hundred thousand dollars when it peaked at like 40 some cents because they had just so much of it and i was like and like all of these other people that have been like like the uh, the coinbase ceo he like when they went public just recently um he i think he made somewhere upwards of like three billion dollars in a day and it's like Mm -hmm. literally how is there that that much money out on the market like there are hundreds of people like that like if not thousands of people that just have like these absurd like absurd amounts of cash because of like nfts and like crypto and i I, like i honestly feel like it's kind of a bubble and i know it's
0: like like, definitely a bubble and like buzzwordy
1: but (laughs) like there's no way that that is going to be sustainable Mm -hmm. and like it doesn't like, I think the the ideas behind it are super cool, and it's super interesting, and I feel like there's a lot of really cool things that could come out of it, especially with art and, like, NFTs and artists, like, somewhat having this power of, like, owning their art while still being able to, like, give it out to people. I don't, like, again, I'm super not, like, the person to uh, be, like, making assertions on this um because like i feel like like sean bay, like probably made a lot like more valid points than what i have because i honestly have not done that much research into it because uh wait school, i don't think we uh, even i didn't
0: even talk to sean bay about nfts i'm pretty sure oh you didn't did i oh, forgot yeah i don't think i, I think I he, he did he know. specifically <laughs> i'm pretty sure he specifically requested at one point that we didn't talk about that but i'm not <laughs> okay. sure I've, it, I've definitely talked about it on the pod before um yeah basically like I, like, I kind of agree with you that, like, yeah, the current activity, like, current NFT activity and, like, current crypto, like, bubble shit is all, like, it's not sustainable, you know, it's not going to last no. in the in the way that it is. Like, obviously, it's in this crazy growth phase, but, like, mm-hmm. the more I, and I also don't know a whole lot about this, but the more I look into, like, the underlying technology, like, it does seem like there is some promise, but unfortunately, the things that get really popular are not necessarily the things that, you would want to see, you know, like, I I understand that people don't support it because what they see is fucking Dogecoin and, like, NFTs yeah. selling for $4 million. But, like, for me, once I started into looking into, like, how decentralized finance works, um, I was like, okay, I'm looking at all these decentralized apps that kind of could allow finance to operate in a way that does get rid of a lot of the, like, inefficiencies and, honestly, inequities that it currently faces and i was like okay yeah like i i support this like i want people to keep working on this but but also yeah yeah like i'm not gonna pretend that like nfts selling for five million dollars is like world changing
1: (laughs) yeah like i think like kings of leon of all band groups sold like an an nft version of their latest album which honestly i didn't even know that they're still making music yeah
0: literally um
1: for like four million dollars and it's like why like what what like at that point, it's just like a bunch of like Silicon Valley tech bros that I honestly think that they just like to just fucking throw money around and be like, I'm so smart because look at me, I'm an investor.
0: Yeah, yeah, Which no, it, it honestly... definitely is like, <laughs> it, like, I think that a lot of it is like, okay, well, if we can get everyone is interested in art not everyone is interested in financial yeah. shit not everyone is interested in crypto so if we can get them to kind of like marry each other like if we can pay artists millions of dollars to sort of like do advertise, crypt, advertise our crypto then we're going mm-hmm. to and so it's not yeah. like you know it, it's sort of just like okay well we want crypto be- to become mainstream and we want to grow our riches and whatever so we're gonna like latch onto this art thing and like that's yeah. fine like i don't think there's I mean, it's like a yeah, it's, that's sick it's profit as hell. motivated, sure, but like it's not like it's the worst thing that ever happened. Like I don't know, I was I was tweeting about this today. Like I don't understand why people are like so so opposed like to art. Yeah. Like they'll literally like unstand an artist because they like create an NFT or something. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, like it's like if I was an it's artist, literally... <laughs> I and I all I had to do was just upload some shit that I already made onto the fucking. Or not upload, but whatever. Like mint it as an NFT. <laughs> yeah. For thousands of dollars, then like you bet I don't care if you think it's corny. I don't care about any of this other <laughs> shit. Like, I want fucking money. Like, I'm
1: doing that. Yeah. Like I, I need to fucking live, first of yeah. all. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean like that shit, like I think that, that is like super cool. And like I'm super in support of that. Like, it's like the people like fucking Gary V, which I honestly hope that you tag him as one of the oops and no, oh, I will, I will, because fuck Gary Vee, I hate you, Gary Vee, and I, I, you won't listen to this, but if you do, I hope you fucking rot. And then also like Elon Musk and Gary Vee, like people like that that just like get into it, and all they do is like they just like perpetuate these like buzzwords, and they're like, oh look right. at me, we're so cool, and like they'll buy into it just because like they know it's going to make them a quick. Buck. It's
0: like part of their brand, and
1: then, yeah, yeah. And then they'll just, like, throw it away. And it, like, n- nothing that they support, like, shit like that, like, they just they, they just don't care about it. Like, if they were, like, supporting a particular artist or even, you know, just supporting artists in general and being like, yeah, this is, like, super cool. And, like, we really want to push this because we think that this is a really like good avenue innovative. for, yeah. like, the future of art, then, yeah, that would be sick as fuck. But, no, nah, they're just, like, I don't know if you, like, saw, but Gary Vee had, like, a semi... Um, like viral clip go from like what some podcast that he did where he literally he didn't say anything about NFTs. He literally just threw around like twenty five buzzwords in a different order in like three different sentences. And that's guru culture. Like that's oh my god, I hate it so much. I hate it. I hate it so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, same. That's that stuff like pisses me out. Like I think it's so funny that like we've gone beyond the influencer. To like the guru where it's like really you're 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 just an influencer but like in order to sort of legitimize yourself you pretend that you have this specialized knowledge and you like definitely 100 don't i don't know it's like fascinating but also terrifying literally. to me.
1: it really like part of it is like kind of funny because they literally just wake up and their job is to just pretend that they know things which honestly Kind of a serve.
0: Yeah, no. that's like, iconic, actually. Like if that could be my job, if I could make that work, I definitely would be down for it. But I would not be saying like, the same things that they're saying to be honest.
1: Like if if they weren't literal multi billionaires that just exploited people, I would honestly be kind of on board and I would be like, I'm kind of a stan for <laughs> Gary Vee, but nope, he's a piece of shit and he can go to fucking hell. So <laughs> <laughs> i have a really love hard how, yeah i love how passionate you are about this and
0: wait is the elon musk hatred for like this like the same reason like just kind of like popping uh, on things for profit
1: yeah that and also he just like likes to pretend like he's this like self-made billionaire and he like pulled himself up by the, his bootstraps and like he's this superior engineer and he has all of his like weird tesla fanboys like mm-hmm. vouch for him all over the internet Uh, But, like, what he does is he literally, like, his entire career was just built off of his dad's, like, blood diamond mining business, and then he, like, A, bought the ceo title of tesla off of the real ceo b has never been an engineer but he likes to act like he's essentially just like created everything like from the boring company and like spacex and like the test like the software inside of tesla cars like oh my, wait from this scratch.
0: is this is stem rights right now he's literally oh, appropriating <laughs> STEM culture and you're literally you're fighting for stem rights <laughs> i support the stem rights movement
1: yeah the super uh unrepresented like straight middle class white male stem uh (laughs) culture that i represent that i have a part of he's really appropriating literally us (laughs) oh my god and yeah i have a whole bunch of issues with him and his social media presence is just corny as hell because he likes to act like he's a common person when we all know that he literally is so out of touch and also the fact that he's hosting Saturday night live with Miley Cyrus I'm like why can Miley Cyrus not just be the host and perform like
0: oh my god I didn't know Musk that he was this. doing that yeah that's so weird like yeah <laughs> i find yeah i find it like really strange how like saturday saturday night live would be described as like liberal by almost everyone yeah. in America and yet here they are. I mean it's liberal, not it's like it's performative
1: not like, liberal. It's yeah like but, Nancy Pelosi liberal. So. Right.
0: And then it's like, okay, yeah, let's all like start standing Elon Musk and like be besties with him when it's like he's literally like the problem. Like everything yeah. like he, he's yeah, one of like, the like just get him to say hundred gay rights and then people hurry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like He's what like he's definitely top ten richest people in America, right? Like something, something. Way no, up there? I'm
1: pretty sure recently he became like the richest person because of like some shit that he pulled, like because of the coronavirus. Let me look it up real quick. Uh, is... Yeah, some sort of scam, like somehow killed enough. people I mean, like
0: to get he doesn't them. pay
1: his workers enough, obviously. Like, um, okay, so Elon Musk is third in the world. So Jeff Bezos, Daddy Bezos, our Amazon daddy, uh, still hopped up. But yeah, Elon Musk is like 20 bill behind him. Oh, my God. Like, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, I, I forgot where we even were before we started hating on Gary Vee. I don't v. even know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we kind of, well, you definitely oh, blacked news. out. You definitely blacked out when you were talking about um, Elon Musk. And Gary V. honestly, you were blacked out for all of that.
1: I, like I know that we have just like talked about me hating Gary or uh Elon Musk before this, but I just like randomly thought about Gary V because of honestly his like viral clip about NFTs, and I was yeah, it, like, like that didn't it mean came anything. deep from within me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For for those who are listening, like just know that that was very premeditated. Like I literally asked him the, what what he wanted to talk about, and he was like, "Oh well, I hate Elon Musk, so let's talk about that." And I was like, oh, "Yeah, like we're definitely bringing that up." <laughs>
1: yeah but yeah no we were like talking about tech news but like other than that honestly i've been like somewhat out of touch just because of school like mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like you're the only still, other thing like <laughs> yeah but like the only other thing is like the ongoing like scalping and like scamming of like ps5s and like next-gen consoles and shit like that wait which, i know like...
0: nothing about this and this intersects with gaming so yes yes you need to cut this.
1: yeah <laughs> felt like it was a great segue uh yeah no i so like the issue with like so the next gen consoles came out, I honestly don't even know how many months ago, like around Christmas time, I think. And it's still like super hard for people to get their hands on it. Um, just because like, there's like a huge industry. And like, this also goes with like shoes and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. And like, people will do that. And like, people have always done that with next gen consoles. Like I remember, uh, back in like either high school or like late middle school when the PS4 came out, like I really wanted like a PS4 and Xbox 360 and like I wanted one, but I had to wait like an extra like week because like everywhere was sold out. But now because like so many people have gotten into that, like entrepreneur, like mindset shit, like there are bots set up that will literally scour like all of the popular places like Walmart, Target, like on obviously like Sony, dot com and like anywhere like where these things are sold, they'll scoop them up and then they will like they'll just buy them because they have a shit ton of money and then they'll like get them delivered and then they'll just like resell them. And it's but they'll mark them up like two hundred three hundred dollars. And a lot of people pay for them because like a lot of it's the only way
0: to get them because they cleared the shelves.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah exactly. And like oh my God. It's gotten it, it like it's so bad in the It's so gross that, like, this is, like, kind of dark, but whatever. Like, recently, like, my best friend died of brain cancer, and I posted something on my Instagram, like, a post about, like, you know, missing him or whatever, like, a couple of days after he passed. And I literally, like, it was fine, and then, like, I don't know, like, 10 hours into it, some random account, like, liked my photo, and then sent me a message on Instagram that was, like, um hey like would you like click this link for like um you know like a great deal on like a new ps5 and i literally responded and i was like do you literally not have like any morals like at all like you literally commented on like me posting about my best friend dying and you're trying to fucking sell me shit and they were like i don't know what you're talking about and then they blocked me i was like your whole account was literally just, like, photos of, like, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, or whatever the fuck they're called. Um That were, like, it was, like, pictures of them. And then, it, like, their description was, like, 750 Like, they were literally just, like, listing out the price. And I was like, this is the most disgusting community and, like, the most disgusting way to make money, I think. It's God, so gross.
0: That's fucking awful. Like, especially, yeah, I don't know, dude. that like, the lack of shame that goes along with that and, like especially not like it's kind of one thing to be like okay i'm gonna do something that's actually valuable that's gonna get me money yeah but then it's like a, totally another thing it, like that's just some market manipulation like you're literally just clearing the shelves of something like i don't know all mm-hmm. you're doing is manipulating the supply and the demand of like and then all the promo that goes along with it like what i don't really what we really need to do is stigmatize that shit like if you know someone that's oh, really? doing that like, for real, you need to bully the absolute <laughs> fuck out of them.
1: <laughs> bullying is wrong, except for when you know a fucking, like, a scalper. <laughs>
0: exactly. Then bullying is, like, it's literally wrong to not bully them when they're doing that type of shit.
1: Seriously. Yeah. No. I, like, that shit's, like, it's just so gross. And, I mean, like, I love capitalism. I love it. It creates innovation.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that type of innovation the the reseller innovation yes
1: i i love reselling things and specifically targeting people that are posting sad things on their social media because they're probably emotionally trying to fill something it's awesome
0: yeah obsessed
1: gamers rights everyone should get a government supplied ps5 no
0: that's so true <laughs> like literal government issue like console gaming is a human right Gamer rights, gamer stem rights. Up. Yes, gamer <laughs> girls should get. I don't even know. We need like gamer girls are
1: at the the most marginalized community is gamers. Exactly, gamer, gamer girls. That is a joke, by the way. I'm so it. sorry. <laughs> you're like you're like really scared that someone's
0: gonna like take you seriously. And like, I mean, like I don't I think I that's believable. A, like, I mean you're
1: a gamer, I have like right t- true though I am a straight white man that it literally like works in stem so I uh, you know i fall into a pretty shitty community so I-, I could definitely see somebody literally one time like I had this rant, like this is super off topic but I had like this tweet about like um Takashi 69 I literally I all I tweeted was yes. like lol imagine being a Takashi 69 fan when he like initially got charged with like Whatever the fuck he got charged with, like pedophilia. Yeah, I don't
0: even know what it was. And it like
1: but... semi blew up. It got like, it wasn't like the biggest tweet by any means, but it got like seven hundred likes. And like I had a whole bunch of people like responding to my tweet and was like, I'm at, "Lol, imagine being like a super racist bitch." And I was like, Wait, "How what? is that racist?" Yeah, <laughs> like, where? Where? I literally was like, like "Yo, he just sucks." Uh, a lot of there were like a handful of people that like eventually like messaged me or like commented on the thread and was like. Uh, I just checked out your profile. Like, I didn't realize that you were like liberal. Like, I honestly just assumed with a name like Dakota and you being white that you were probably like super Republican. Oh I was god. like, no, <laughs> but like I do get it. So, <laughs> fair play. Like,
0: oh my god, I can't believe that like the <laughs> Takashi six nine stands were coming at you. Like, I would be fucking terrified, honestly. <laughs> like, those people have nothing to lose. If you're a Takashi six nine stand, like you're you'll real. do anything. <laughs> Like, you really probably don't give a fuck (laughs) at all. The Freeway Gang was
1: really coming after my shit. (laughs)
0: God, I I would never like say something. I mean, I've never participated in like Takashi six nine discourse. Although I can't imagine, like that's what's so terrifying about like yeah, it doesn't even have to like blow up, blow up. But like if it gets retweeted enough that a bunch of people are seeing it who like have no clue what your vibe is or like anything that you stand for. Yeah, yeah. Like when I say homophobic (laughs) shit and then it gets like retweeted into like you know an area of Twitter where people have no understanding of like who I am or like what I'm doing, then they're they're just like fuck you. Like I get so many people freaking out me and i'm like "Uh, okay
1: the most homophobic gay man i've ever seen online
0: yeah it's so funny because like i i know so many like homophobic gay people because i like just know a lot of gay people so i think it's like really funny when people think that the things that i'm saying and doing are like unique because like to me they're like literally not like every every gay person i well okay not every oh my god a significant number of gay people I know would <laughs> wouldn't just be like agreeing with me and saying the same shit. So I'm like, okay. It's not like I'm I honestly, the world.
1: Like, I had like seen like a handful of like that sect of humor like from like you and like Fran and like a couple of other like people in the LGBTQ plus community that I follow, but it was never quite as like I I sound so fucking like boomer, but like vulgar as like I truly realized, like, after I start, like, I got added to the music and networking group where, like, people were just, like, calling each other, like, the slur, and I was just like, oh, oh yeah. shit, like, this, and then, like, I started, like, following more people, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, Matt's, like, sect of, like, this kind it's of just humor it it's, is, like, so mild and tame. Yeah. And, like, I honestly had no clue that, like, that was just, like, that's just, like, popular. <laughs> I was like, all yeah. right, well. Because so many know. people like... don't
0: understand that, yeah. Because I think it's like yeah. in anything, like you can you can kind of like exist as the translation mechanism or like the in between between like n- like completely normy people and then like some mm-hmm. you know some particular like not normal type of person. And then because so, for me it's like okay, I have all of these people who have this style of like really vulgar homophobic humor and to them they're gonna look at what i'm saying and they'll just be like oh haha kind of funny and then the normies are gonna be like oh my god that's so fucking crazy like how could you say that (laughs) and it's like so weird because when those people say shit like that i'm like no like you don't get it like there are hundreds and (laughs) probably thousands of people who are saying things that are infinitely worse than this like
1: (laughs) literally like i'm pretty sure like the first time that like after i started following you that you had like some tweet like that that like blew up i saw it before it blew up and i was like yo like is that kind of fucked up or like am i just like missing (laughs) something here (laughs) And like the more that like a i saw you doing it and also just like checking the thread periodically like as it blew up i was like i i think that there's like there's definitely like some shit that i certainly have been uh ignorant to and like going through that that whole like process of finding all that out was it's certainly quite interesting to say. Yeah, the least. yeah, it's
0: like your uh, whole new world <laughs> is revealed. Yeah, it's. Funny. Oh my god. So your your Twitter ha- Twitter handle is Dakota Maker. Do you have anything else that uh, you want people to check out or that you want to plug before we blast
1: out? Uh, I mean, just like fucking do a little bit of research into like everyone's communities and especially right now, donate to uh, like people that are struggling. Like homelessness is a huge issue everywhere and especially like bail funds um, during like protests and shit like that. So it's really all I got. Everything else is Dakota maker. So I don't know. Follow me if you want. I just shit post a lot. So whatever.
0: Period. Love it. All right. Thanks again for coming on. (laughs) Bye. See you.